0: THE TREASURE IN THE STRONG BOX by George Aide This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org Read by Dale Grothman THE TREASURE IN THE Strongbox by George Aide Once there was a hireling at the tail end of the payroll who longed to get a chunk of money so that he could own a house and pick out his own wallpaper. He read an ad in a religious weekly. It said to hurry and get a slice of Balkan Mining Company because on July 1st the price would be whooping from $1 a share to $2.75. The Guggenheims wanted it, but the directors preferred to slip it to the American people. The property was right up against some other properties so rich that the workmen engaged in lifting out the precious metals had to wear goggles. To keep from being blinded, the man fell for it. He rushed to the savings bank and drew his wad and sent it to a man with several chins who had to sit at a desk for nearly an hour each day taking money out of envelopes. The stockholder received the certificates. It had at the top an engraving of a lady spilling golden nuggets out of a cornucopia, and below was a seal. And the signatures of all the officers of the company. Anyone standing off ten feet from this certificate couldn't have told it from a nineteen fifteen bond of the Pennsylvania company. Each week, the stockholder found in his mail a report from an expert in charge of shaft number thirteen in the Skittikadoo fields showing that the assay ran forty two dollars and sixteen cents and the main lateral had been opened as far as the mezzanine drift, which meant that the dollar shares would be selling around $85 before the holidays. Whereupon he would pinch out some of the money about to be frittered away on dresses, goods, and cereals, and send it to J. Etherington Cuticle, promoter, who was thus enabled to have a new collar put on his fur coat. In the course of time, the incipient Monte Cristo had a bale of certificates. He could borrow a pencil and figure out in a few minutes that when the stock went to par, as per prospectus, he would land a few feet behind Hetty Green and somewhere in advance of the First National Bank. While he was waiting for Dame Fortune with a sheet wrapped around her to begin rolling it out of the cornucopia as advertised on the one-sheets, he inadvertently up and died. The administrator and the brother-in-law went over the stuff at the safety deposit. They checked all the items from the outlawed note down to the delinquent tax notice, and then advised the widow to pick out a nice, lucrative position in a hand laundry. Two years passed. The family was now living in comfort. Down in a bureau drawer, with the dance programs and the high school diplomas, reposed the stock certificates of the Balkan Gold and Silver Mining and Development Company, Inc. The widow had been tempted to use them on the shelves, but every time she looked at the lithio of the benevolent female dumping the $20 gold pieces out of the cornucopia, and saw the seal, and alongside of it the majestic signature of J. Etherington Cuticle, and noted that the total face value was $80,000, she would replace the elastic and decide to wait. One day a soft-spoken gentleman met her as she returned from her daily toils, and said that a syndicate was about to take over all the holdings of the Bulkington g and S M and d Company, Inc., and stood ready to purchase her stock. With trembling hands she undid the bundle. It took a long time to make the count, but when he got it all straightened out and figured up, He looked her straight in the eye and said, It comes out to a dollar and eighty-two cents. Moral Fiction is stranger than truth. The End of The Treasure in the Storage Box By George Aide